Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook. Hello and welcome to Game Over Vancouver. I am your host for tonight. I'm Sam. It's been a bit since I've been here and I am joined by one of my favorite people on Canucks Twitter and Canucks Army, Cody Sievertson. Uh, you can find Cody on Twitter at Cody Sievertson. How are you doing, Cody? Well, let me tell you. It was a great evening. It was a fun game, from what I remember. <laughs> you got to see a young prospect making his debut when he, I don't know, maybe shouldn't have, maybe should have. They saw a lot of goals, a lot of goals against, a lot of goals for. You saw the best of the Canucks, the worst of the Canucks. And really, that's that's all you really want nowadays. That's all you can ask for. Um, yeah. Before we get into it, um, if you're just joining us, the Canucks lose tonight 6-4 to the New York Rangers. Um, before Cody and I do a deep dive into the game, let's give a shout out to our sponsor. Uh, Want to bet? Then get in on the action at Sports Interaction. The boys of summer are back on the diamond and March Madness is on deck. Bet pre-game, live and play or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play and cash out. Head to sportsinteraction.com SDPN or in Ontario, you can download the app. Um, 19 plus, please play responsibly. Uh, okay. Six, four, another loss. I think this is the 30th loss of the season, which, you know, like all things considered, not bad. Um, also, sorry. I want to give it, somebody just wrote Sam in the chat. Nanya, thank you for, for the warm welcome. I'm happy to be here with you guys. <laughs> so um, it's a much more warmer reception to when we did this for Buffalo. And oh my we, God. we very offhand, we're just like, oh yeah, they're not that good. And, and the chat blew up with yeah. rage at us. Yeah. So we're not, we're not good friends with uh, upstate New York, but maybe that'll change with uh, downtown. Hopefully. I feel yeah, like hopefully. we pissed off a lot of Buffalo fans last time. I mean, we, I mean, they're not doing so hot right now. So it's not, we so weren't you wrong. Were right. Yeah. You were actually right. Um, okay. Cody, tell me, what was the biggest story of the night for you? Well, biggest story of the game, obviously, had to be Arter Silov's debut. Uh, had five games or something in a row in Abbotsford where he, you know, played really well. He had four wins, one loss, and it was like a 9.05 save percentage. So the team said, you know what? Demko's almost ready. Spencer Martin's not doing so hot. Let's get the kid up. Ian Clark loves him. Let's see what he can do. And let's put him against Artemi Panarin, Mika Zibanejad, Vlad Tarasenko, Adam Fox. All these absolute ruthless killers <laughs> from a top team that went to the Eastern Conference Final last season. Let's give that to the rookie. Which is very funny, to be honest. Like, just that in a, in a nutshell. Just like, they couldn't have found like a like an easier game for him. Like his call up just happened to fall on like a huge like schedule loss. And they were like, he can handle the schedule loss. Yeah. Like that's really funny. Like it could have been like, I don't know, like the last game, it could have been Detroit, but they were just like, nah, 
Let's give him New York. That's fine. And he did well. Like, all things considered, like, he gave up five goals. And honestly, it probably could have been seven because the Canucks, like, just look so, so woefully bad at preventing rush chances. It was just awful. So the fact that he came out, like, not like Mike DiPietro in that game when he, like, had no chance and he was forced into playing against, who was it, San Jose? It was San Jose, and it was because all of their goaltenders were down and they hadn't what was it they hadn't signed Bachman or he yeah it was something weird like oh god what was it like Richard I was Bachman at was, that game it was really strange yeah it was like uh Demko had this concussion uh, uh Markstrom was injured or something Richard Bachman was also dealing with a concussion or something and then the only other goaltender they had uh was like some kid on an AHL deal and so they had to have to sign another contract but they wouldn't have gotten him in time because he'd have to clear waivers. It was some weird situation, so they were just like, well, emergency recall of DiPietro because he had his ELC. Yeah. And then he just got completely shelled, and it was just like this horrible feeling. So for Canucks fans, you're watching this, you're like, you know, he, he gave up five, and it's like, whatever. It, it's against a great team that like has like like almost three 20-goal scorers. Like, he's fine. It was perfectly fine. And... It could have been worse. It, it wasn't a DiPietro situation where you were just like, get him out. This is rude to him and everything like that wrong with development or whatever. It flies in the face of their entire development plan that they've gone with Abbotsford this year. That's gone pretty well with all their skaters for, mo- for the most part. So you could trust that they're, there's some kind of coherent development plan with C-Lobs for this one. Yeah. And you did pretty well where you're like, you know, I think you could actually maybe get in another game here, depending on what they plan on doing with Delia before Demko is supposed to return. Like, it seems kind of set in stone now that he's going to return against Philadelphia whenever that's supposed to be. Like, I think it's Saturday, I think. Yeah, Saturday. So, yeah, you'd think, like, maybe, maybe they try to get him one more game in between then. I don't know if they even play I'm so out of the loop on Vancouver's schedule, but uh, if there is another Canucks game from now and then, I mean, it's not going to hurt the tank. That's kind of like what this game said to me too, is like the organization is aware, like they're probably going to lose more games than they win. So they finally accepted that reality. They've completely accepted it. Like they're just shuffling lines. They're throwing Phil DiGiuseppe on the second line. And like all these things, they all look fine. Pod Colson on the first line, looked fine there's nothing you can really say right like yeah it's just it's rearranging deck chairs but at least there's kind of some kind of purpose where they're acknowledging that these little changes aren't really gonna matter in the big picture it's just like you know what we're not winning so let's just see what sticks and if we can get a 22 year old who barely played last year and is just an absolute sweetheart i think i i, I don't want to bring this up because uh, we, we have other things to talk about, but I've talked about this one interview that Arthur Seelovs did like probably 17 times in the last two <laughs> years. And I think you know which one I'm going to talk about, but it's when the Abbotsford Canucks do their, their Christmas recap or their Christmas interviews for all the players. And they asked Arthur's, uh, what's your favorite Christmas movie? And he's like, uh, Home Alone, because I identify with Kevin McAllister because he's always alone. And that's how I feel around Christmas time away from my family. And it's just like the most um... heartbreaking thing. And he had this interview last year where like he was not playing. 
he sat on the shelf for like a month without playing any games and then they just sent him to the echl to like keep him busy so you're just like heart broke for this guy who's just like such a sweetheart he's just trying his best and happy to be here so the fact that he came up showed well got an nhl paycheck after what they did to him last year like you know, God bless his little heart. It was, a little arty party. It was pretty good. You're getting a lot of love in the chat. Uh, ben Lipka says, shout out to Cody for pulling double duty, Abby and Van tonight. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Lachlan says, we Sievert Stan, which is, I love that. Well done, Lachlan. I think Cody should put that in his bio. Right That's next a, to Brodzy Award winner. I don't know if I have enough uh, characters available left in there. Trying to fit Brodzy Award winner in there was a little tough. I'm, I'm happy we made the cut. Uh, Shadownet oh, yeah. says, Steelov's denied Panera and Hattie several times. I consider that a W. I think that's oh, that's a that's huge a win. Great yeah, point. Yeah, it was. I think all things considered, a much better NHL debut than Mikey DiPietro got. Oh yeah, because that one was like when he debuted too. I think everyone in the fan base, everyone in the organization, acknowledged just like what a colossal failure it was that he was playing. Yeah, and, and at least in this case, it was just like. No one was angry about him playing, and if you were, no, I feel like most like people misguided. were excited to see him play. Yeah, because that's that's kind of where the team's at now, where yeah. it's just like anything new is fun. Like if I've been talking about this kid Archdeep Baines in the Abbotsford system, who's like been playing really well lately, and I feel like we're kind of getting to a point where he's going to get like into call up consideration, like late in the season, where that's like they'll literally just like give anyone who's kind of earned it an opportunity, and that's kind of like going to be the saving grace for like what's clearly another just like lost season like if they're going to accidentally win games at the very least it'll be because hey we've got this young prospect playing who you know people are excited to see it's the local kid from surrey and he's he's fought his way to the top you know like that's what people are going to want to see so if they accidentally win it's okay because there was a good reason behind it instead of like i don't know Brock Besser like pops off and has like a six point night against you know Colorado or, or whoever's like leading the table right now because yep. those those wins suck nobody wants to watch that anymore they just want they want meaningful losses they don't want like like pointless wins I want like a feel good story that ends in a loss Ex- then that's exactly what this game was and then that way even if you win it's like okay but it's a feel good story like I would have been yeah. I didn't want them to win, but I would have been happy if Silov somehow won his debut. For you sure, know, like that's... that. That would also been nice, but like you know, this this was this was a good like <laughs> a, a good like moral victory. The morally the moraliest of moral victories, where it's like you know what you can't win them all, Artie, but you did your part, and it's a victory in the hearts of Canucks fans, where you didn't get the actual dub, but you helped them lose, which is a bigger dub in their eyes. Exactly. And that takes us to our second segment. If you're still with us, the Canucks lose 6-4 tonight, 30th loss of the season. Uh, We are going to talk in our second segment about tanking and whether the Canucks are in fact finally tanking successfully. So if you know somebody out there who loves talking about tanking, get them to come watch. Um, Go follow Cody on Twitter. Go follow at SDPN Sports. Um, Don't follow me as usual. Um, I Loved the stat, and, and I noticed that Justin Credible has already put this in the chat, but at the end of the first period, uh, Shorty was like, <laughs> Riley Stillman led the Canucks in ice time in the first. And my immediate thought was, they have finally figured out how to tank. Like, 
no, no more of this. You can't go ask the players to lose. Like nobody has ever said that that is how you should tank. Like obviously you're not going to go out to go up to Elise Pedersen and be like, hey, can you please just suck? Right? Like <laughs> that's not what we mean when we say tank. But like Riley yeah. Stillman leading in ice time, Seelov's starting. Like all of these things say to me that this organization has finally turned the corner on tanking. Oh yeah, for sure. Like it's all the little things too. It's just like that pile up where. You know, Andre Kuzmenko sees his ice time like plummet during the Tocket era, and like his points like fall down. And then only when he scores, to like does like he reluctantly like have to give him more ice time, and <laughs> it's still like not enough to win. <laughs> but like then you see like I mean, Phil Giuseppe, like uh, I will say like he's looked really really good for Vancouver since being called up, and like I he's one of those guys where you're like you know he's he's playing with some gumption i would not be opposed to seeing him play with patterson on it for a few minutes because he's playing hard he's looking good same reason for why they're like trying it with pod colson like whatever try anything but by that same token it's also like if they try that it's purely because they're just like you know what it's okay if we lose those lines if we lose those minutes it doesn't matter we're gonna give Stillman twenty five minutes tonight. We're gonna cut. We're gonna cut Quinn Hughes' time because we don't want him hurt. Uh, we're gonna cut Ethan Bear's time because why not? Uh, Ekman Larson's hurt, so um, I guess Luke Shen will eat all his minutes. It's just like I know this. You're working within the con- constraints of who you have available to you, but some of the deployment things you're just like, especially when it's at home. Yeah, and like you have like last change, and you're like, like really, like. Anthony Beauvillier doesn't crack 20 minutes, even though you just traded for him. Brock Besser's not even cracking 17. Garland's almost at 18 minutes, and, like, he's playing well, but, like, not enough where you're, like, you, you know, You don't he think be he's having a, a resurgence under Rick talking? I mean, okay, he is. Very small sample size. A small sample size. Actually, oh, I, I shouldn't finish that joke because uh, I might get in trouble <laughs> with, uh, with Canucks PR again. Um... Yeah, Connor Garland's been really great. He's playing uh, bigger than his size uh, indicates, as he always does. He's a wonderful player, and uh, I always look forward to watching his shifts. Uh, but yeah, all these little things where it's just like you look at minutes after some games, and you're just kind of like, oh, uh, Neil's a on. They called him up to play less than 10 minutes and nothing on the, sh- the penalty kill. Okay, that's weird. Uh, Curtis Lazar, I mean, he got injured, but like, he barely plays any games and he's like on a three-year deal for a million bucks. Like they're not even trying to like boost his value as maybe like a trade deadline piece for like a team that needs like a fourth liner. It's all these like weird things where you're just like, okay, we're just trying whatever. Sheldon drives like almost 15 minutes. (laughs) Like, okay, we're clearly in tank mode and like, that's fine. But I almost like wish they kind of came out and were like, instead of like, oh, we're, we're trying to win some games here and get the systems right, it would be kind of like great if they came out and were like, you know, we're probably not going to win a lot, so we're just going to see who's worth keeping around next year. And and that's like kind of the motto because, I mean, was it? They're, they're, they're tied with Arizona right now. <laughs> uh, Justin Credible says Arizona is ahead of us. Oh, no way. Oh, Which I got to refresh my table like the then. best news possible. Oh, that rocks. Oh, what a bunch of losers. That's amazing. Can you, like, if I were Arizona, I would be so upset. Like, you were handed ideal tank conditions, okay? Like, Mm -hmm. the whole arena situation, the 14-game road trip, like, 
all all factors yeah. to tank for Bedard, and like they just keep accidentally winning. Yeah, that's actually really funny. Like <laughs> you almost want to be like, now who lost the OEL trade, guys? Ha <laughs> ha! But like, it, yeah, let's it's just very funny. Dylan Gunter. Well, he's in the o- he's in the the WHL now or wherever he is. So is he really that that's true. good? Nah. Uh, but yeah, you have like Anaheim, San Jose, Chicago, Columbus below them, and they're all essentially intentionally tanking. Like San Jose, I guess you could kind of quibble with because they have so many like bloated contracts that they're kind of locked into trying, even if they're not intentionally tanking. But like Arizona and Montreal, those are full on just like we're going to go with the kids and we're going to suck. Jordan Harris is going to be our number one guy. Arbor Jackai is going to be our number one defenseman, even though he's like a rookie. Like pure intentional tank moves. And then there's Vancouver, who are loaded up with the most $5 million winger contracts in the league, just sucking so hard <laughs> unintentionally. <laughs> just the worst goaltending from three different netminders for an entire season. Like you couldn't have asked for like a better time for this team to suck because Connor Bedard's just waiting, doing his little interviews post game where he's like, Oh yeah. 2011 was a hard time for me. It's like Lachlan just said they've, co- I can't, they've, ki- they've kaited themselves out of the race. Uh, can we get, can, are we allowed to mute people in chat? Lachlan, come on. <laughs> yeah. you're better. Than me. Oh my God. Uh, but yeah, like the Arizona thing is especially funny because like at one point, Travis Boyd was their like number one center. <laughs> like Lawson oh Krause is like the, was their number one winger, and um, shout out to Lawson Krause uh, because he uh, he quote tweeted one of my Gar- Connor Garland memes and then quickly deleted it when he realized he probably shouldn't be doing that. Uh, That's hilarious. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, you, you've got to like qualify as like best friends with Lawson and Claire now, right? Because you had the whole I think so. you had the whole like rank their Halloween costumes thread with her. Yeah. A couple of years ago, which was hilarious. That was really funny. And then this year, I thought it was the tradition was going to continue, but then, then she like went as the legally blonde girl. Oh whatever yeah, her name is. And I was yeah. like, oh, I can't really make fun of this. I'll, I'll get in trouble. Um, and so that di- so that died pretty quick. But yeah, I will say, Butterpig Krause recently followed uh, Murph Mellow on Instagram. So I guess you could say we are the best Your of friends. Dog best and- friends. I want nothing best for the the Krauses. Yeah, I love yeah. that. If you're if you're just joining us, uh, Canucks lose six four. We're actually we we went really off topic, and we are yeah. talking about how Cody at Cody Sievertson, uh is <laughs> Twitter best really? friends with Lawson Krause's fiance Claire, who's mm-hmm. awesome because yeah. she fully took Cody's roasting of their Halloween costumes a couple of years ago, and it was great. Yeah. So you should go look that up if you haven't seen it. It was probably more, more interesting than the game tonight. It's it's been that was that entire interaction was more interesting than any Arizona Canucks game has been this season. Time. Yeah, yeah. Like, may, actually, I guess when whenever Arizona's in Toronto and they accidentally beat them, that's like pretty interesting. But they also apparently beat yeah. Tampa tonight. <laughs> that rocks. You know, good for them. Yeah, that that rules. Truly incredible stuff. I can see on my OBS that I've somehow managed to disappear from the screen 
but I Perfect. have also fixed it. So excellent. Um, if you're still with us, thanks for bearing uh-huh. with my insane computer. I don't know what's happening. Um, we are talking about tanking. If you are in the chat, tell us, are are you happy with the way things are going and the fact that the Canucks finally seem to have somehow come on board with tanking? Like, do we think this is deliberate? Like, is this deliberate now or are they still just accidentally bad? It, it has to be like 50-50, right? Yeah. You know, like, obviously when they started the season, you know, you had Bruce Boudreaux and Bo Horvat both being like, oh, if we don't make um, playoffs, like, it's it's a disaster. Like, it's complete failure or whatever. So, like, the goal for this season was, like, playoffs or bust. Yeah. So, I'm sure none of them saw being bottom five in the league as, like, their likely trajectory. But, I mean, at this point, it just seems like there's so many player decisions, like the Stillman thing for the first period. Or where you're just like, you know... I know coaches like have their different interpretations of players where, you know, they like, you know, how gritty they are or how hard they are along the boards, even if they get like shelled every single night or how tall Tyler Myers is when he's standing up, you know, we all have our crutches. We all have things we lean on and coaches do too. But some of the things where you just like, like that one goal where Tyler Myers is backing up through the offensive zone after taking a shot into the shins of a New York forward, he starts back back skating through the neutral zone stops moving his legs even though new york has three men rushing up with possession and i was literally watching the play develop and i was saying to myself you gotta keep skating two seconds later arter Silovs is stretching on the ice full splits cross ice it's a goal and he just has no chance on it i'm like if you're a coach and you watch this play where you're six million dollar defenseman like your tallest biggest boy is just stopping skating that would get him benched on like most teams that are actual contenders. But this team is just like this. They talk about habits and wanting to do like the simple things correctly all the time. And then they just let stuff like this pass all the time because there's nothing else there to work with. Yeah. It's like what are you going to do? Instead? Yeah. It's, it's very, it's like this weird, like, like this contradictory philosophy where like, they're so desperate to, play the right way but there's nothing in the system that can actually play the right way so they're just stuck with like bad habits until their contracts get moved for the ninth overall pick for some other bad contract oh god um the chat is pretty happy about tanking nanya says oh, yeah. yes we're going in the right direction down 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 <laughs> shadow net says yes i'm so happy this is awesome um why couldn't we have done this with Bruce? That's the real question. A great question. <laughs> Just Incredible well, they, says... They were. <laughs> yeah, they were, but accidentally and blaming him for it. Just Incredible yes. is ecstatic. Says, I still think they're attempting not to tank, but they are just bad. 17 mm-hmm. goals allowed in last three games. Grade school structure can't help them. It is pretty crazy that after the last game, everyone was like with, with Detroit, everyone was really mad. Like, this is the... This is the 953rd time that they've given up five goals this season. And then, but this time, because it's Arter Silovs, no one cares. They're like, oh, it's six goals. It's more, There's it's, also, like, I think a difference between, like, you know, giving up five goals to Detroit. <laughs> yeah. And giving fair. up five goals to the New York Rangers. That's true. Because also, too, it was like when uh, the Islanders were in town and it was like, the stat was they, they'd only scored more than two goals, like, <laughs> three times all season 
and then they gave up five to them and you're like of course i want them to give up five goals like every game for the rest of the season and just set like an all-time yeah. unbeatable record yeah like but like the worst penalty kill in history yeah. most goals against the first time or the first team in what did Drant say on canucks talk it was like the only team in the hard cap era to finish a season with more than four goals against per game. <laughs> like that's astonishing yeah. for a team that was leg legitimately hoping for playoffs by the end of the year. That's wild. Like, it's crazy. Just like, I'm like, I remember watching the preseason too. I'm sure you did too, where they went like one, five and oh, and you're like, uh Oh, gonna be like last year but no one expected it to be like even worse and the storylines have just been so miserable yeah like the rachel dory thing you have the ownership thing you've got weird life-threatening injuries to like seven players Ugh, it's just been it's just like time depressing season yeah at, at least now we're kind of getting into the like the fun part of the depressing season where like the like rick talkett like actually seems to be aware that like the team sucks yeah. and he doesn't really hold back in his post-game <laughs> interviews where he's just like oh you guys watch that game tonight Whew, we need to take it back to grade school tomorrow they, this team sucks and you're like you know shut out man like you at least get it yeah and like before it was kind of like this raging against the dying of the light like yeah we're giving up 17 goals a game but uh i don't really see the problems guys we're we're, we're battling talk is just like a for effort yeah yeah the talk is just like well, this guy sucks man i can't do anything with this and that kind of rules and that like changes every loss to being like less depressing with each passing one where then you just get into the tank territory and you're like you know what the coach knows it and if he knows it he's telling his buddies from pittsburgh yeah. in rutherford and alvin and that'll probably bring everybody on the same page so you can feel a bit better about the Fingers direction crossed Canuck clay is in the chat yeah. Uh, hi, Clay. Uh, he says, my son was there tonight and there on Monday night. Night and day difference in entertainment, same result. <laughs> yeah, like, that's all you can ask for, right? If you're if you're going there to spend $26 on a, like, what, what did my sister tweet? It was like an eight ounce cup of wine is yeah. like 22 something. Yeah. Like, if you're going there, if they're going to give up six goals, the most you can hope for is they at least score four themselves. To yeah. at least give you some kind of like, yeah joy something to cheer for you're you're totally on the same page with Shadownet, who says during the willie desjardins era we get shelled but score very few goals now we get shelled yeah. every game but still score a decent amount yeah it's fun yeah. they're 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 fun embarrassing losses instead uh, of just embarrassing losses you got you got some fans nanya says the talking impression was amazing oh thank you thank you i'm i'm very good at impressions i will not dish out too many you know an impression i've been working on lately and i don't, I don't know if you watch the show you know suits yeah it's a terrible show, but it's a great I've show. Been... I love when like law students come in to do interviews and they're like, is practicing like suits? And I'm like, no, it suits is TV. Suits is TV and, and nothing works as it does on television. But I keep marveling at that show because the lead actor, Gabriel Macht, is so bad as Harvey Specter and his monotonous <laughs> delivery of dialogue just cracks me up so much. For, okay, like, give us your Harvey Specter. It's just, we, I have to be like really dead face. I have to be like, if you don't do this right, it's your ass and you're an idiot for doing it wrong. And that was actually good. 
it's and it's always about Lewis. It's always about Lewis lit too, which bothers me because Lewis is just a sweet weirdo. Lewis, Lewis is the best character on the show. He's the best part of the show, and he's the only one that seems to know how to act, which is very frustrating because they're all so mean to him all the time. And so when Harvey's just like walking up to him, like, Lewis, you tried to do something smart, and that was bad. And now you're gonna try and fix it, and that's stupid. You actually are good at impressions. This is kind of terrifying. It bothers me. I, I just be nice to Lewis. And you know, that's all I can say about that. But anyway, okay. I digress. Yes, as, that's, uh, this is like maybe the furthest off track we've gotten on the show. Um, Dangle's not going to be too happy with this one. <laughs> I can, we're not getting roasted by Brad Marchand, so it's fine. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Poor me, Steve. Had to, <laughs> had to be said it was right there. Got, um, got his ass. Um, all right. If you're still here with us or if you're just joining... Canucks lose 6-4, 30th loss of the season. Team Tank is on the rise. Tank awareness is skyrocketing. Um, Cody is not fully convinced that it's intentional. Like, we're getting there. What would it take to convince you that they are fully trying to tank? Like, what moves do you want to see? Like, somebody in the chat earlier said they want to see Aturatu up here, like, for a couple of games. Like, what would it take for you to be like, oh, yeah, they are gunning for 30 second it if they're genuinely gunning for 30 second you would see thatcher demko shut down for the season like just no no ifs about it they'd be like you know what he's coming off like a really dangerous injury there's no point in him risking it for mean nothing games let's just shut him down let him rehab for the rest of the season he'll hate it his agent will hate it but it's for the like the the betterment of his long-term health if they do that, I will be absolutely convinced that they're like committed to the tank. Maybe if they trade, I don't know, Garland for nothing or like any anyone with a minor injury, if they shut them down, boom, you know they're committed to the tank. They call up Justin Dowling or, or who, whoever from the AHL to just like plug and play in the fourth line. You know, they're just like, doesn't matter. Get them so, up. So, play them. You know how they're like, Demko's planning to back up in Philly if they're suddenly like Demko's not backing up. If they if they're suddenly like he's not backing up, or if he plays and then the next day they call up Spencer Martin again from his, you know, three games in Abbotsford, yeah. then you're like, oh, they they don't they don't want to risk him like doing permanent damage. So they're just gonna keep him out. Which I like this test. probably is the smart thing like to do regardless of tanking, you know? Like it Yeah. Even if this was like Jim Benning and he's like, oh, I think we can actually make playoffs if we just play really good down the stretch. Like, maybe they would try to play Demko for the rest of the season. But I I legitimately think like... If it's you're not worth losing, it. Yeah, if you're losing or you're trying to win, like a guy coming off a knee injury who's signed to another three years at $5 million and he's your... Like a stud goaltender, like you would want to shelve him for the rest of the season and be like, come back next year as best as you can. Yeah. You wouldn't want to waste it on this like crap shoot of a season. So you would just shut him down regardless if you're going for it or not. So I, I all don't right. know. Like, you all have maybe, it. That, maybe they try to trade him. That, maybe that's, that was one of the suggestions. I don't want to see it, but I'll be convinced if they trade Demko. Uh, yeah. Nanya also suggests promote Stillman and Myers to the top pair and play them 30 minutes a night. <laughs> Well, I mean, they might have to if uh, 
OEL is out for any kind of like long term. He, I, I don't remember seeing what uh, took him out of tonight's game, but like he hit his leg or he took a shot off the leg. Maybe the chat can tell us uh, what exactly uh, took him out of the game, but he only played like five minutes and then was he got the uh, tweet from Canucks Twitter saying that he would not return for the rest of the night, which is usually a pretty bad sign. Yep. So have to keep an eye on that. I mean, not that shutting him down technically would help the tank, if anything. Him <laughs> continuing to play, to play would play Yeah, maybe maybe he's injured and they actually force him to play. All those all those ridiculous stories about players being rushed back actually is true when it comes to OEL because they're committed to the tank, but <laughs> this is allegedly folks. This is jokes. This is all jokes. Don't take anything in, I'm saying. We're gonna get in trouble. Um yeah. Jeff King says, wouldn't they have to go twenty four and three to have a shot for the playoffs? Yeah, I, I don't think Yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> yeah. This is um I, I've been told that I'm the most negative of the three game over Vancouver hosts, so I think we're pretty safe <laughs> from me making any playoff predictions. I would like them to lose every game from now until the end of the season. That's my dream. Oh yeah. Like and anything that put like breaks records or is just like like something you can root for, you know? Like yeah. like what was it? Um there was that one team that like went like on an eighteen game losing streak. Like was that Columbus like last year Columbus. or the year before? It was something wild. If the Canucks could go on that, like just really cement like how bad the season's been. Cause at some point it just becomes funny even if you're a player. Yeah. Where you're just like, Wow, we really can't buy a win out here. If you're gonna <laughs> be really bad you have to commit to being really bad. Oh, that's, yeah. That's my take on it. Yeah. And so, so folks, if you're of the mindset that this team isn't trying to be bad, <laughs> look at where they are in the standings and imagine how worse it could get if they actually tried to be bad. I mean, there think was, like, like a month ago, Drance was like, they can't finish last, like, the schedule is too easy. And they are yeah. really, they are really putting the lie to that. Yeah, that was like actually really funny. Like he's had some takes where like you like usually they don't come true or they come true like months later, and this one's like a week later. It's just like oh no, they, they're they're actually legitimately pushing for fifth worst in the league after four games. Like that's yeah. so funny. I love that for him. I love that for his brand. Jeff King says the Sabers went eighteen without a win last year. Oh, okay. That's the that that's the goal. Out. That's the benchmark right now. If they can do that, they're at, they're at three losses in a row. Or maybe four. I don't know. The NHL tables, I, I can never tell if they're updated or not. But if they could get to 18, baby, that's Connor Bedard season right there. Fingers crossed. Okay, last segment of the night. We're running a little long, but there are a lot of people in the chat still. So if you're in the chat and you have any questions for Cody or there's anything you want to talk about, throw it in the chat. Throw your tank suggestions in there. Um Cody, give the people something to look forward to. Cody covers the Abbotsford Canucks quite regularly. Is there anything that we should be excited about? Uh, no, guys. I'm sorry to tell you, but there's <laughs> nothing coming. The prospect pool's a joke. No, I'm just kidding. It's it's not that bad. As For as negative as I am, there there are reasons to have hope. Um, Danila Klimovich, who last year looked like a complete bust, and even like the first month of this year looked like just a complete washout, turned his season around. He had the Sedin's magic working in his favor. And even though he's kind of on the schneid right now, hasn't really produced lately, has really kind of turned his career around to where he might actually be one of those guys who could be into call-up consideration if his two-way play keeps up. 
Same thing with Archdeep Bane. Started really poorly, but then just suddenly became an elite two-way player in his matchup or in his minutes at the AHL level. Um, for a comparison for some who don't really know and they just want player comparisons, think of Archdeep Baines as like a Zach McEwen type. Just a kid that, I mean, okay, first off, Zach McEwen isn't the greatest NHL player. He's found a role as a, a goon and a fighter and, you know, props to him for landing that niche. It doesn't really help a team, but, you know, kudos to him. But in terms of commitment in the AHL to two-way play, to back-checking, to being hard on pucks, to creating offense, R.C. Baines has got that gumption. Uh, the kid clearly really wants to play for Vancouver one day, and you can see it in the way he plays. Uh, love all the little details of his game, and I think he might get a call-up later this season. Uh, Niels Hoglander, he's getting some confidence in the AHL. You know, he's getting a little chippy. He's showing some kind of rat to his game. Not quite unlike Brad Marchand. He's constantly in scrums, throwing elbows, and, you know, being a little... She Ooh. S-word disturber. That was close there. Imagine, uh, like, Niels Hoglander and his, like, angelic face being Brad Marchand. Oh, man. That's glorious. That's a good combo, but that guy's... That guy's way... <laughs> oh, I can go off on that guy's face. That guy's got a jaw. That could sell me anything. That, that guy's butt butt chin. Woo! Hoglander. Goodness. Should get into sales when he's older. If uh, if this whole if hockey this thing doesn't, doesn't work, out. work out, yeah, yeah, if this doesn't work out. I'm telling you, he could be a, he could sell me anything. Uh, but yeah, folks, there. Don't worry, it's not completely hopeless. <laughs> There's reasons to live. Tell it, yeah. The reasons to live are in the chat. Everyone is very, very pro tank, pro losing. Jeff King says, "I can see the Canucks going four eighteen and five down the stretch." <laughs> Nick Pearson says, "I think we can get to twenty in a row." I, I like all of your optimism. Like, if we can do that, yeah. we are absolutely in Connor Bedard territory, and that is the <laughs> dream. And they say Canucks fans are negative. Look at all this positivity in the chat. I don't know. I can't <laughs> believe anyone thinks this is negative. Like, yeah, ridiculous. Um, all right. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, Cody. Uh, you guys, if you don't follow Cody already, you're missing out. Go follow him at Cody Sievertson. Uh, follow at SDPN Sports. I'm at SamanthaCP underscore. And I am back on Saturday to talk about the Canucks and the Flyers. Oof. Rough. I am going to struggle watching that game. It's going to be rough, but we're going to have fun. Well, like, you know what? Worst case scenario, we'll just talk about Gritty. Oh, there you go. That's a dream. Yeah, that's going to be great. Uh, Canucks <laughs> lose tonight 6-4 uh, to the New York Rangers. Arthur Silovs gets his debut in the NHL. Uh, puts in a great performance, prevents Artemi Panarin from getting a hat trick, <laughs> and the Canucks are well on their way to tanking. Um, have a great night, and we'll see you Saturday. Bye, guys. <laughs>